What's up, cool cats and cuties? This is the Promenade Merchants Podcast, a Star Trek podcast out on the frontier. So sit down and grab a rock to Gino as David Majors and Heather Kirby talk all things Star Trek. Old, new, and what's to come. The Promenade Merchants are open for business. Welcome, everybody, to the Promenade Merchants Podcast. It's a Star Trek podcast. We're sitting on the promenade at DS9. We're just... We're just hanging out, either having a, a sparkling water, because I'm cutting the sugar, so no more Ractagino for me. I'm David Majors, my co-host, Miss Heather Kirby. What's up, Heather? What's up? It's... Oh, I think it, we've reached the point in the year where it's just kind of dreary, it's gray, it's rainy, it's still occasionally cold... It, it, it it's the dreary season. We're in the dreary season. I, but we I, have some exciting things to talk about tonight. We do. We do still have some Star Trek stuff to talk about, everybody. And we thank you for listening in. Shout out to everybody out there that checked me out on Weekly Trek. Hope you enjoyed that. Shout out to everybody that caught us on Stardate today, Heather and I, when we were on Stardate today with Cat King playing some Trek games, doing some Mad Libs. And if you're tuning in from Weekly Trek, thank you so much. I'm not nearly as much of a silly goofball on that podcast as I am here. So we'll just <laughs> jump right in. So if this is your first time tuning in to Promenade Merchants, we we have a little bit of a format. Uh, we start with Old Business, which is sort of the classic era of Star Trek. Pretty much everything up to and including the Kelvin movies. New Business, uh, anything that's kind of happening in the world of Trek news in the here and now. And upcoming is when we look to Star Trek Beyond. Not just specifically the movie, but things happening with Star Trek in the future. So, Heather... We're going to jump into old business, because this is one that uh, we both thought was a good idea. Uh, as everyone knows, Trekkies have lots of different favorite actors uh, in their Star Trek series, in their Star Trek fandom. And Star Trek has a lot of actors that do get work outside of Star Trek. Well, some anyway. Uh, I will ask you, and I would love everyone out there to let us know on Twitter... At Prom Trek Pod, please tell us uh, what have you enjoyed, uh, thanks to discovering new work from an actor in Star Trek. Uh, if there's something out there that a Star Trek actor did that you decided to check out and you really enjoyed it, uh, Heather, what did you find? Well, I mean, I had to think about this one a little because most of the actors in Star Trek, I mean, the first thing I think of when I think about things that they have been in is Star Trek. Uh, so I had to think about things that I have watched because I've seen someone in Star Trek. And uh, probably one of the things that actually just popped into my head right now <laughs> is um, this show from, like, back in the 90s. It was after TNG's run, obviously. But it was called Beyond Belief Factor Fiction, which was hosted by John another than Jonathan Frakes. Uh, so I remember watching that just being excited because that was number one. 
Star Trek as a kid. Um, and it was kind it was kind of a show on the 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 realm of like unsolved mysteries, except for it told stories of like crazy things that were set in a real life situation. And then at the end of the show, it would tell you whether the story was actually true or if the story was something completely made up. So um, it, it, it's a ridiculous show, but it's one of those things that you just kind of like to put on and have a little fun with. Let every now me and ask then. you something, Heather. Have you seen the videos on YouTube called Jonathan Frakes Asks You Questions? Okay, so for everyone out there, uh, this goes back to Fact or Fiction, which I remember watching with my mom back in the day on the Sci-Fi Channel way back when, because we were also excited to see Jonathan Frakes. Uh, And now you'll see on YouTube these various videos that have clips from Fact or Fiction of Jonathan Frakes asking you questions about the episode of that particular episode. And there, these videos have been spliced in many different ways, including, Heather, involving David Xanatos asking a question. Which brings me to my first choice, Gargoyles. The 90s Disney cartoon that some people have forgotten. Disney tries to make people forget, but it is genuinely one of the best cartoons of the 90s. Uh, it had, uh, in retrospect, uh, people don't realize just how many Star Trek actors were involved with Gargoyles at one point. Jonathan yeah. Frakes was a major character, David Xanatos, Marina Sirtis was involved, Brent Spiner was involved, uh, Avery Brooks had a one-off episode, uh, I think Patrick Stewart had a few episodes in there too, Michael Dorn played a major character as well, Cold Steel, uh, he was uh, the brother or, or an antagonist of the main character Goliath, voiced by Keith David, and there's a lot. Uh, this has already been well documented on the internet already. But I just want to say, if you never got the chance to go back to watch Gargoyles or see the original pilot movie and the series that followed it, it's truly fantastic. Uh, Heather, did you watch Gargoyles and did you know the Star Trek connection back in the day? I can't say that I've ever watched Gargoyles, but I have heard many good things about it now that I'm a I'm an adult that <laughs> everybody says it was amazing. And I want to say, I'm pretty sure they did put it on Disney plus. So I might have to go back and watch it, but I, yes. I did not watch it. And especially knowing the star Trek connection, I would definitely go back and watch it now. Yeah, definitely. You should. Uh, it is in my opinion, uh, in its own unique way, maybe the most significant Disney animated series of the 90s because it was so different from all of the other shows uh, and it did 
amazing things. It, it incorporated Shakespeare, it co- incorporated mythology. It, it was kind of one of those first shows where you came up with the idea of what if all of these superstitions and myths were real? And they kind of revolve that around the Gargoyles universe in Manhattan and Detective Maza and Goliath. And it was just just a fantastic show. It really was a gem of 90s animation. Uh, I've got one more, Heather. It's another animated series. Do you have one more? Or do you have any others? I don't, but I have something I want to add when you're done with your one more so okay you go first uh this one is actually fairly recent uh it was on cartoon network and then moved to hbo max uh it got three seasons hopefully four i've talked about it a few times in a couple of different places and it's called infinity train uh it's an animated series uh where the concept is that there is a train And the protagonist, and it can change from season to season, is on this train. And inside of each car on this train, it is like a different world or a different universe. It's almost kind of like a different planet in Star Trek. It's almost kind of like that. You're going to a different place every episode uh, until things become a little bit more serialized and they get into more of a story. But Infinity Train had one character uh, in its first and second season, but predominantly in its first season. It was a cat. And then when I heard this cat, like the voice just started to really stick in my head. And I remember tweeting this out. Is that Kate Mulgrew? And what? (laughs) I, I had known that Kate Mulgrew had been doing some voice work. And, of course, she was on Orange is the New Black. And it was just like, I, I know that voice. I know that voice. And she was playing this anthropomorphic kitten who was kind of a a rogue character, not necessarily a good guy or a bad guy. But it was like, that voice, that's Kate Mulgrew. I know it is. And then when I looked it up, it was absolutely her. And it's kind of why I've been tweeting a lot, especially to Trekkies, hey, there's this really cool show on Cartoon Network and HBO Max called Infinity Train. One, Kate Mulgrew's in it. Two, it's really good regardless. Uh, and that's one that I-, I would say is more recent. Both of my picks were animated. But yeah, Infinity Train. I think that one is really, really good. And Kate Mulgrew's in it, so that's just an extra bonus. That is an extra bonus. Yeah, the one thing I wanted to add at the end of our discussion is that, um, I mean, when thinking about other stuff that Star Trek actors have been in, especially with the new generation of Star Trek shows now, we're now hitting the point where Have you heard of this show called The Walking Dead, Heather? (laughs) Because I hear Samiqua Martin-Green was in it. I don't know. We're getting to the point where the the, the actors that are now being cast in Star Trek, uh, where you can sit there and recommend stuff that you have seen them in prior to Star Trek. So on that note, I just want to sit there and shout out to a BBC show called The Musketeers, which is exactly as it sounds. It's the story of... uh, 
Athos, Porthos, Aramis, and D'Artagnan as the musketeers in France. And Santiago Cabrera plays Aramis. And it is a really good show. It's only three seasons long. Um, I think the seasons are on Amazon Prime now, for those of you in the U.S. So you can watch it on Amazon Prime. Uh, Definitely, definitely check that out because that was where I saw Santiago Cabrera before he ever got cast as Rios in Picard, and he is fantastic in it. I do believe Peter Capaldi, the great Peter Capaldi, is in that show too, is he not? He is in the first season because he played Cardinal Ruggio, if you know anything about uh, the Musketeer story. He's one of the main villains of the Musketeers. And they ended up having to kill him off because it was a BBC-produced show, and he got cast as Doctor Who. And so so because he was going to go and star in another BBC produced show, like he he wasn't the main character of the show, but he had a a very large role and he just didn't have time to do both. So they killed him off after the first season. But yes, he's in the first season of it and he is fantastic as well. Okay, that's let me put that down in my notes. That's that's reason number two for me to check out the Musketeers. You said it was on Amazon Prime? Yes, yes. Should be on Amazon Prime. I'll put that in the show notes too for everybody. And uh, anything with Santiago Cabrera, uh, I'm always down for, which is kind of what I was going to talk about a little bit in upcoming business when we get there. <laughs> That's what they call a tease, everybody. But jump into, we're going to jump into new business with uh, maybe the worst kept secret in Star Trek fandom and the Star Trek community right now. And that is the Voyager documentary. Uh, the Indiegogo campaign uh, started by 455 Productions, uh, who were also uh, responsible for what we left behind, the DS9 documentary, uh, have been working on funding what they are now calling To the Journey, which will be the Star Trek Voyager documentary. And it is official. The campaign has broken $1 million. Yay! <laughs> All of the stretch goals have been reached with just a few days to spare, and this really rocketed up quick. This this campaign started and then shoom, it it was funded in almost no time. So the stretch goals just kept going and going and going, and now they are the second highest documentary in Indiegogo history. Um. Yeah, this is pretty awesome, Heather. This is actually pretty awesome. And they still have, what, at least four or three more days to go? So I I don't know what exactly the highest number is in Indiegogo history, but the campaign's not over yet. They still have three more days to go. So uh, they could come close to that. I don't know. They they Um, very well could. Uh, just to let everyone know, um, their original goal was uh, one hundred fifty thousand, and they smashed that. <laughs> In they smashed the first that day. like they smashed that like overnight. <laughs> and then the stretch goals kept going: three uh, D graphics, uh, Voyager reunion. Uh, the film will get extended. Uh, there will be more HD footage for Voyager. And now it has passed 1 million. There will be an exclusive never before seen 
Voyager surprise. I want to know what the surprise is now. <laughs> Heather, I'm we gonna passed put you on 1 the spot. million. I want to know the what the surprise is. But what, what yeah. do you think it could be? Um, you know, I, I think it's something along the lines of it's, I honestly think it's going to be something like I know in the DS9 doc, they did like laid out their plans for season eight um, in the documentary. I think it's going to be something along the lines of what, where are they now with the Voyager characters? Because I know as, as much as I love Endgame, I know a lot of people have issues with the fact that the Voyager finale just ended right with them getting back to earth and you don't get to see what happens with these characters and how they deal with being back in the alpha quadrant and being at earth. So I think the special surprise might be some sort of sit sit down with uh, the creators and be like, what would have happened to each of these characters after getting to earth? I really like that idea, but I speak for those of us out there that did not like Endgame, because I am one of them. Uh, I would hope, or I would like, that maybe somewhere deep down in the archives at Viacom, CBS, Paramount, whoever, that (laughs) they actually had a reshot, redone ending for Star Trek Voyager. That maybe we saw them actually get to Earth and maybe be welcomed back to the Alpha Quadrant. That's what I'm hoping for. And it would give Voyager the ending that it deserves, in my opinion. I think it would give Voyager the ending that it should have had the first time around. Uh, I do like your idea of sort of a Voyager epilogue. Uh, 20 years later, 25 years later, I would love that. Uh, maybe even like a, a writer's room Voyager season eight. That would be cool. That, that would be cool. But I think that a solid Voyager endgame, <laughs> maybe like a Snyder cut for, for, for endgame. I don't know. Uh, I think that would be the way I'd want to go for an endgame. And hey, I'm just going to throw it out there. Now that we've had the DS9 documentary, now that we've got the Voyager documentary, I think we might need to call up the NX-01 crew and start working on that Enterprise documentary. They still got five more years for that. Yeah, you're right. You're right. This year is the 20th anniversary of Enterprise, and both these documentaries were to celebrate the 25th anniversary. So they still got five more years to start planning for Bacula time. And in the next five years or so, everyone should start sending Jolene Blaylock flowers. Just send her flowers and and do whatever it takes to make sure she knows that everyone loves her so we can get her to do the documentary too but let's start that campaign now you know i think as long as like she wouldn't have to see rick berman or brandon braga or be in the same room as them she'd be on board <laughs> like hey can you really blame her though can you no. blame her 
No. That's a whole nother conversation. <laughs> yes, it is. Uh, so we're going to move into upcoming business. And we're going to talk about this book that's coming out that I that I saw. Uh, Star Trek Discovery, The Book of Grudge. Uh, this is courtesy of Trek Whore. Uh, author Rob Perlman will be taking his own interpretation of Star Trek Discovery's third season and will be releasing a book from Grudge's perspective. Grudge, of course, being the cat that owns Cleveland Booker. Heather, I'm going to ask you how you feel on this one. I love it. <laughs> I am so ready for it. I have no idea what it's going to be like, but I will definitely be buying it. I love the idea. And I love the fact that they are just leaning into Grudge's popularity and running with it. Um, it's fantastic. I, I'm, I really think it's a cool idea. And I don't know if you heard my theory on Grudge when I was on Weekly Trek that uh, for for the promenade listeners, uh, I was on Weekly Trek with Alex Perry and this book came up and I've been thinking about this for a while. We all know how book says Grudge is a queen. And I think that Grudge might actually be a queen from some sort of non-humanoid frodocation cat-like planet and grudge is actually a queen that that we just don't know about so it would not surprise me to see rob perlman write this book from the perspective of a queen of a planet looking down on these humans so essentially a cat that's essentially what it would be <laughs> Yeah, I, I I mean, you know, there's been a lot of theories floating around like that, that Grudge is some sort of alien. And I, 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 I mean, yeah, I, I, I could see it. I, I would not be entirely unhappy if they uh, confirm something like that. But I also, as the crazy cat lady myself, no matter what, even if she's just a regular cat, She's a queen. <laughs> so. <laughs> um, okay. So uh, out of all of the characters to get a book, it's Grudge. And this was a great question that came from you, Heather. And uh, I would love to hear from everyone out there, too. So please let us know uh, at PromTrekPod on Twitter. Or even send us an email, PromenadeTrekPod at gmail.com well, let's let's open up the inbox and, and send us an email on that one if you like uh, but at prom Trek pod on twitter is good too uh, Heather I'll ask you because I was thinking about this one I'm still not totally sure but I think I've got one in mind uh, aside from grudge if there was a Star Trek character that you would like to see have a book who would it be uh, my immediate answer, and I love the fact that they've been doing this, uh, especially with the newer Discovery novels and uh, Picard show novels that they have in the works and have, have put out so far. But my immediate answer would be a Discovery era novel 
set kind of as a prequel to Discovery for obvious reasons, um, focusing around Admiral Katrina Cornwell. Oh, that's a great choice. Uh, would you have her as a Starfleet Admiral or would you like to see her as like a because she was a, a doctor and a ship's counselor? Um, I would probably love to see more of her background and history. So like her in the time frame where she was a, a doctor and a, a ship's counselor and, and how she transitioned from that into being an admiral. Yeah. That's really good. That's a really, really good choice. I really like that a lot because th there was a lot to do with her. And, and I loved that they gave her even some of a story that she was a doctor. She was a ship's counselor before she moved over to being a command officer and, and became an admiral. That's like she was really cool. And I absolutely loved Jane Brooks's performance. I thought she was just outstanding. That is that is a great, great choice. Uh, for me, uh, I would have said that it would be Chris Rios, but he is getting a book. He already is. <laughs> yeah. So that, that's that's one for me. Uh, I would also say it would have been Rafi, uh, but I imagine she's probably going to get one too. So it made me think made me think I would kind of like to see well now I'm drawing a blank uh, <laughs> I was going to say Rafi that that would have been my next choice because I feel like I've said this on a couple of podcasts before I feel like with Star Trek Picard both Rafi and Rios have so much story that we don't know anything about yet we've only scratched the surface with both of them and i want more of those two in the worst way when it comes to star trek picard i want to see or or find out about their starfleet careers both of them i want to see how rios dealt with the death of his captain and what he went through and how he got to la serena and got that ship I want to see what Rafi has done with her life after the issues with Romulus and her battles with addiction, her battles with family. I want to see her Starfleet career. I want to see all of those things from those two. So I'm going to go with Rafi from Star Trek Picard as my choice for a book because the Rios book is already on its way. Yeah, I mean, from what I've, I've read, the Rios book looks like it's going to cover a lot of that, like what happened with the, the, the death of his old captain, which I'm looking forward to. Uh, now, on the subject of Rafi, have you read the first uh, Star Trek Picard tie-in novel, The Last Best Hope? I have not. Okay, because uh, it basically... It, gives you a lot more detail and a lot more context about uh, Picard and Rafi's re relationship, like how they first met uh, and how he invited her to be his second in command while working on the Romulan relocation and the, the stress that that put on her personal relationship and also how it kind of drove her to um, some of her other struggles. And 
it's it's part of why I look at season one of Picard in a different light after watching that or after reading that because I there are certain things that I wish they would have touched on in season one of Picard that they didn't really do very well because I think Picard really owes Rafi an apology for how he treated her uh, during that time frame when they were working on Romulus together because she had um, she had notes, she had theories, she had all of the the stuff that she was trying to put together about how the Romulans could be behind the attack on Mars and he really dismissed her and he didn't recognize a lot of the warning signs that she was having issues with addiction and alcoholism and things like that. And they show that in the book. And I just sat there and read that and I'm going, damn, that man owes her an apology. Big time. Big time. And I don't feel like she got that in season one. Like when she thought she was dying, like she sat there and professed how much she cared about him. I, she deserves an apology from him. He doesn't need to hear that from her. She deserves it from him. And I still haven't gotten that yet. So I'm a little frustrated on that point. But um, yeah, I'd love to hear more about Rafi. But uh, Picard owes her some big words yeah that big time. i still hope will come big agree that's that's just another thing we can look forward to in in star trek in the future which makes me happy we have things in star trek to look forward to and that is so so cool uh every time i do this podcast and and we're wrapping up i just think to myself man we still got a lot of Star Trek to look forward to. Like right now, as we're recording this uh, in spring of 2021, shows are in production. So we're in kind of a holding pattern where we're stretching out the content as best we can. But we at least know that we have things to look forward to, Heather. And that's that's so cool. Oh, yes. Uh Definitely, there there are things coming, and so we're just finding stuff to get excited about along the way before they get here, but there are plenty of things coming. It might be a long road getting from there, here to there, but I, I'm looking <laughs> forward to it. Uh, Heather, thank you so much for doing another Promenade Merchants podcast with me. Thank you all for listening. Heather, to Tell everybody what you got going on. I, I know you've got a few things. Well, yeah. I I, I, I mean, we, we got things in the fire, things happening. Uh, there might be me on a new episode of Phantopology coming this week, which you will be editing uh, once we get around to recording it. Uh, but also, next week... We're going to have a special episode of Promenade Merchants where we're leaving the promenade and heading to the mean streets of New York City to leave the galaxy behind and talk about some real world stuff and uh, my favorite topic, Law & Order SVU. So thank you for doing that with me. <laughs> oh, my pleasure. I, I like SVU, too. I'm looking forward to it.
And and I'm going to throw out another crazy theory when we do that episode. So stay tuned for that next week, everybody. It will be a non-canon episode, a side story <laughs> of Promenade Virgins. So be sure to check that out. We might even have a guest, too. So stick and stay tuned for that. Uh, okay. And as always, everybody, follow Heather at NerdyGal33 on Twitter. Never apologize for being nerdy. And thank you for listening to the Promenade Merchants podcast. We like Star Trek here. We hope you like Star Trek too. And if you do, subscribe to the podcast in your podcatcher of choice. Look for it by name. We're the Promenade Merchants. That's on Stitcher. That's on Amazon Music. That's on Google Music. That's in Spotify. That is wherever podcasts can be aggregated. So for Heather, I'm David. Thank you for listening. Walk with the prophets, live long and prosper, enjoy your double racked Gino extra sweet, cut out the sugar, lay off on that, uh, enjoy Worf's hollow sweet exercise program, and we'll talk to you next time.